Welcome to the Grace College Podcast, a ministry of Grace Bible Church located in College Station, Texas. We desire to impact students who will impact the world for Christ. Hope you enjoy the talk and hang around for more after. And you can have a seat. If you can hear this message, listen closely to the exiled, misunderstood, or upside down. This is your message of hope. When problems come, use them. When enemies persecute you, love them. These struggles are a fire, refining you into gold. Look around. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. Challenge what is expected of you. This world is not your home. You are different. So this is what we're talking about for the next three weeks. We're examining this idea that we as people are called to, as, as, as people who have trusted in the name of Jesus Christ, as people who have been adopted into the family of God, we are called to a life that's supposed to be different. We're no longer of this world. We're in it. But, but we're not citizens here. Instead, our citizenship has been transferred to heaven. We look forward to a new life and a new existence and a, and a new place and in eternal fellowship with our God. And so while we're here during this time, we have a new walk to live out. We have a new mission to accomplish. We have a new lifestyle to maintain. And, and this is true for every single one of us who've trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. We have an opportunity now to make an impact where we work and where we live and where we play. And, and yet how intentional have we been with that influence? Right? I think if we were really honest with ourselves, we would say that we struggle to live in a way that's so different that it actually directs other people towards Christ. Many of us struggle, I, I still struggle to, to live in a way that, that is so different that it helps people find and follow Jesus with our words, through our work, and in our world. We struggle in this way, and yet the call is still there, the, the, the prompt is still available, that God's empowerment is still readily there for the, for the grasping. God, God wants us to step forward in faith to live in this new life, to live in a way that's different, no matter where we are, right? No matter what our situation might be, no matter what our context might look like, every single one of us have an opportunity to live in such a way that is so different that it truly makes a difference in the world around us, like this guy. different, right? We've all seen someone who's a little overqualified for their job, right? Like we've seen this play out 
in our world. And it's beautiful, right? There's something inspiring about watching someone take their gifts and abilities, their passions, their influences, their whatever it is, and they bring it into an environment where they really legitimately create something new and they make the world better. There's something amazing in watching that happen. And yet we struggle to see ourselves in that position, right? Which is understandable. That's a really weird costume. But We struggle to see ourselves as people who really have the power or the position that we need to make a real difference in our world. We struggle to see that. And yet when we look in Scripture, we see that the Lord has given that to every single one of His people. That that there are no exceptions. That He, in His design, in His plan, in His purpose has created all of us to be creators. That he's designed all of us to be cultivators. That every single one of us in every single context have an opportunity given to us by God, a call to create and to cultivate, to make something new and to make this world better. And in doing so, what we do is we point the world to him. We point all of creation to their ultimate creator. We see this play out in in the history of humanity right from the very beginning. When God created the first man, the first woman, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us that God created humankind in his own image. That in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Right from the get-go, what we see is God creating humanity to be different from the animals around them. They were given the image of God. We were given a different, distinct image to bear. That was not true of any other created being or thing on this world, in this universe. God says, I'm only creating humanity with my image. Because everything else, it's essentially a lesser object. It's not nearly at the same level. When he gave us his own image, he built into us some unifying themes and purposes. And which is really cool because right there from the beginning, we see even the imprint of the image of God right from the start, male and female, that there's unity and yet distinction, right? Just as our God is mysteriously a unified singular God who yet has these three persons of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? This this beautiful mystery of our Trinity, we see a a slight reflection of that played out in humanity and that we are all humankind and yet we have male and female. We have very different people and designs and abilities. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's every once in a while, right? We forget sometimes, but every once in a while you realize, you're like, oh, guys and girls are different, right? That's like every 80s comedian would like say, hey, my wife, you know, or whatever. Like they, we know that at times, man, we are, we are struck with the differences between ourselves and, and other people, and especially between guys and girls. We, we're like, wow. You, like, think differently or act differently or look differently or smell differently. Oh, how can I do this? You know, like, what, what's your secret? Soap? Oh, weird. Tell me more. Right? That's, that's something that is so cool and distinct, and yet we're still unified, right? We're still all of us humanity, every single one of us sitting in this room right now. We look different, we think different, we talk different, and yet all of us are humans, Whoa, right? No, that's not, I mean, I think. Hmm. Well, we'll check later. But we have this beautiful distinction amongst us, this diversity, and yet we're still unified. Male and female, he created them, both of them in the image of God. 
He created them. And God created this man and this woman not only to share in that theme, but also when he created them in his own image, what he did is he gave them intrinsic worth and value. That's part of being the image bearer of God. It's called the dignity of man. It's the fact that every single individual person in this world is worthy of our respect and our acceptance. That every single person in this world bears within the image of God, whether or not they, they accept it or not, whether or not they recognize it or not, they're made in God's image. He knit them together in their mother's womb. He, he laid out a path for them before time began. And when we see that in people, man, that, that should change the way that we live and think and act and speak. Right? It, it, it does that for us in other circles. Right? Maybe we don't necessarily always see that for all people everywhere, but, but there's other kind of marks, there's other images that we can adopt that suddenly it changes our, our value or our sense of worth. Right? Some of us have a, this golden ring on our right hand uh, ring finger. Right? How many of us have an Aggie ring on right now? Right, yep, there we are. We're here, we're proud, and we're going to gig them. Right? But we... We have this ring, and as soon as you put that ring on, what does it do? It gives you automatic worth and value in certain circles, right? Suddenly, other people are going to look at you differently. When you're in those job applications or interviews, when, when you're going out through the world, you go on vacation, you run into someone anywhere, and they see that ring, they know, they're like, oh, wow, you have, like a, you have a great degree, right? Or maybe your friend does because you're a history major, right? But you, you have this intrinsic worth and value. I'm a history major, right? But we... We have this incredible new sense of value. Not in the Lord's eyes, right? God still loves non-Aggies. Surprise. But uh, we, in other people's eyes, our value changes. In the same way, God gave humanity not just intrinsic worth and value through his image, but he gave them purpose and vision. In the same way, when I put on this Aggie ring, right, suddenly I have a new purpose in life. I have a new vision. I now know, okay, it's my job to cheer for Aggie sports no matter what. Even when it's so, so hard, I still do it. Right? And even when there's, it's harder to fail, and suddenly maybe if there's a day like yesterday, then what we do is we say, you know what? I'm still going to cheer, but also my new purpose to also just tell everyone about how it's a rebuilding year. Right? This is super normal. <laughs> it's expected. Jimbo's going to be okay. Right? Like we're going to get there. And I know that because I've adopted this new image, I have this new distinct identity. And God says, I'm going to create man and woman. I'm going to create all of humanity with this new distinct image and identity. And it carried with it value, worth, vision, and purpose. And part of that purpose, he then unveils in the very next verse. Oh, but before we get there, I'm going to read you a quote. About from Tim Keller, who wrote a great book called Every Good Endeavor. It talks about, uh, I'm going to reference it a lot over the next couple of weeks, but uh, he talks about how uh, our God has designed us for work, that part of that purpose and value, right, it, it involves being a part of meaningful work. God created work in the garden. In the perfect beginning of creation, God made work. Sin made work hard, but God made work in the perfect pre, you know, beginning. And so when God created this world, he, he, he purposefully, intentionally made the world to actually still need work. Al Walters puts it like this. He says, the earth had been completely unformed and empty, and God had formed it and he filled it, but not completely, right? He could have. 
He could have just gone straight to like, there's like cities and skyscrapers and spaceships and like, we don't even need Elon Musk and whatever. Like we already have all these amazing things. And yet he chose not to do that. Instead, as God's representatives, we carry on where God left off. He purposefully allowed us the space to continue to create, to make new things, to continue to cultivate, to make good things even better. That's what he outlines in verse 28. He blesses Adam and Eve, and he says to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He says, I want you to make more things. I want you to make more people. He says, but I also want you to make more stuff. I want you to fill this world, and I want you to subdue it. In other words, I want you to take the pieces that I've already put into place, the things that I've already created, and I want you to make them even better. That's cultivation. I'm going to take this land that's just sort of empty and void. I'm going to like mix up the soil and like throw some seeds in there. And boom, I got apples. Like that's, he says, I want you to do that. I want you to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that moves on the ground. He says, I want to make you into people who are creating something. I, as your creator, am going to make you into creators. He says, this is my design. This is my purpose for you. God gave Adam and Eve this, this, this plan to work the earth through creation, and we're all designed with that exact same purpose. That's why we resonate with games and activities and hobbies that involve creation, right? Creation isn't something just reserved for the creative types. It's something that all of us love to participate in. That's why a lot of us, we love things like Monopoly. Like, yeah, I'm going to build an empire, and then I'm going to use it to crush grandma. Like, I, I want to build these things. And then in our sin, we want to destroy others. But, but God has put that spark of creation in us to, to love things like monopoly, love things like Legos that we want to build these things. Some of us probably still do. We build things. We're like, oh, this is cool. Like I could follow the design to build a battleship. Instead, I'm going to build a muffin. Take that Lego. And we just, we make these things that we love to see. And we, we put them up on a shelf. And we're like, look at that thing I made, right? Like we love to do that. The number one top selling video game of all time ever is Minecraft. It's just Virtual Legos, and uh, I know more of you play than him. Like, that's <laughs> one of many of you that have at least at some time played. I missed the boat on it. I was too old already, and I was like, what is this? But you guys, you probably you lived through this. You saw your friends get really enraptured in this. You, you saw this cool, creative canvas that people have used in astounding ways. People will go into Minecraft. They'll spend thousands of hours to, like, recreate, like, they make computer, like, logic boards in Minecraft. They'll make, uh, paint, they're like, there's the Mona Lisa, and it's, like, 50,000 miles high. And you're like, why did you make this? And they're like, I don't have kids. Like, whatever. Like, uh, they, just, they just do it. And you're like, wow, that's amazing, right? It's, it's impressive because it's tapping into this deep-seated desire to create. And it's something that we all do. It's, it's not just for artists and, and movie makers and fashion designers and decorators and architects. Like, we all create teachers. If you're going into education, you are a creator. You're going to create lesson plans, and you're going to create experiences, and you're going to create ways for people to understand complex issues. If you're uh, going into science of some sort, you're, you're maybe a pre-med, man, you're going to create methods, and you're going to create cures, and you're going to create theories. If you're a politician, you, you create policies and you create structures and you create laws and programs, even engineers, right? Engineers, you, you, I mean, you know you create, right? Engineers sit around and just create one bridge after the next, right? That's what it is, right? Just bridge, bridge, bridge. So like that's just what you build and create as an engineer. If you're an electrical engineer, it's like an electric bridge, like whatever. But like you, 
You make these things over and over and over again. And what you do is you're flexing these creative muscles and you make amazing things like these people, what they created. Look at the balance that he's able to preserve, right? <laughs> How wonderful that he can now have that heart-to-heart talk with his honey. Or, or maybe it's a wage increase talk, I don't know. But he's having a conversation in the privacy of his own demented person muzzle. Like, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's great for him. I, personally, I don't know. But for him, great. Way to go. Sven or something. I don't know his name. But it, he loves that. Thing. Why? Because it's something that someone created. Someone had the idea in their mind, like, I'm going to make this thing. I'm tired of people at the bus station listening to my conversations, and so I'm going to make a muzzle for people. Awesome. And so that's really cool, like, in the sense that we as people, we've been given the image of God, and we have creative energy. We have creative ability. And we exercise these abilities, maybe in interesting ways, but, but hopefully ultimately in ways that benefit this world, that ultimately glorify our God. That's, that's what God's intention is for us as his people, right? To design and to create something new that benefits others and glorifies the Lord. And yet how many times do we walk into a new day, we wake up in a brand new day, brand new opportunity, going to class, going to school, or going to work, going to whatever, how many times do we really walk into those environments, into those opportunities with an attitude of excellence, saying, I want to work for the glory of the Lord. I want to do everything with excellence, as Paul commands me in Scripture, because I know it's ultimately for God. How many of us maintain that attitude? How many of us have an attitude of, of excitement when, when maybe we have creative things forced upon us where we have to create answers to a homework or, or we have to create a, an essay to turn and we have to create a project with other people? Like, how many times... Do we actually maintain an attitude of excitement for the opportunity to create for our God an attitude that would be so different from the world around us? And, and, and how many times, though, do we instead just fall into kind of the, oh, yeah, this is the worst, like, oh, I can't believe this thing, or what, you know. Many times we lack distinction in the way that we work. And when we do that, we're missing an opportunity to be so different that we direct people to Christ. We're missing it. We're missing God's design. We're missing his intention. But but what's beautiful is that God doesn't only give us an opportunity to create something new. He gives us opportunity to cultivate, to make things better. When he's talking to Adam and Eve, he says that I now give you every seed-bearing plant, and they will be yours for food. And to the animals of the earth, everything that, it has, that has breath of life in it, I will give every green plant for food. And it was so. All right, now this doesn't really make sense for us. This doesn't really look like a, a, an either-or. It doesn't look like a dichotomy in the English, because we were missing some of the Hebrew uh, nuance. When God says, I'm going to give these seed-bearing plants to humanity, and I'm going to give these green plants to animals, we're like, well, yeah, you can be both, right? Like, there's plants that are green that also have seeds. Yeah. But, but what we're missing is that in the Hebrew, what he's getting at is he's saying, I'm going to give humanity the opportunity and the ability 
to create more. I'm going to give them these plants that are meant to be cultivated and reproduced. It says, whereas for animals, I'm just going to give them something that they can just eat. Right? Just have a grass, I guess, or whatever. God gave animals food, but he gave humanity seeds. He gave us the opportunity to transform our world, to make it better than when we found it. He gave us an opportunity to, to, to take something that, that maybe is good, but to make it even better. We can have a new, different cultivation in our midst. We can be a part of this new, beautiful purpose. And it's something that we celebrate, right? When we see other people do this, we love it. Right? It's exciting to watch as, as people move into maybe a, a new business market or they move into a new uh, technology field and they just change everything, right? They mix it up. They have that million-dollar idea that they implement and we're like, oh, man, that's amazing. Like, we, we celebrate that. We applaud when people are able to walk in, take something that's, that's good, but make it even better. That's something worth celebrating. I just ate a peanut. What? Why don't you say your age? Are you mocking me? Yeah. Okay, why you gotta do that? Oh, you know. <laughs> Sounds like you got the wrong guy. Ah, we could both play outside. Uh-uh. Ooh. Hey. Oh, gross. You're so smiley. Well, I don't mind, girl. Ba-ba, black sheep. Nah, nursery rhymes. Yeah. Hey, I love good nursery rhymes, and I just happen to be here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> You're so rad. Did you bring a camera? I think. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. I need that camera, son. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, hey, I missed you so huh? much. What? I can't really hear you, oh, huh? Oh, hey, let's I'm do ready. this. All right. Oh, I thought I could feel a bug. It isn't a bug. Now, you just thought it was something, girl. Oh, I just thought it was, was something. something cool. Chorky. Lumpkinella, hey. Lumpkinella. It just sounded beautiful. That's so much better, right? That's so much better. Don't get me wrong. High School Musical is great. HSM for life. But this is better. Just objectively so. There's 22 minutes of it on YouTube. I strongly recommend it. Like we... We see at times where people walk in and they cultivate something, they take something and they make it even better. And we love to celebrate it, and yet we sometimes fail to practice it, right? How many times do you actually make the world better than when you found it? How, how do you leave environments? How, how are you going to leave your home that you've been renting? Is it really going to be better after you move out? Is your workplace better for you being there? Do, do your coworkers enjoy being at work? Do your classmates enjoy being at class? Do they have a better experience because you're present? Or do we just kind of breeze in and breeze out? Or do we go in and get what we need, complain a little bit, and then check out? 
do we leave people better off for having known us? The people that we date, the people that we're friends with, the people that we study with. Or do we sometimes lack that intentional mindset to carry forward the image of God, to carry forward that purpose that he's given us, to not only create new things, but to cultivate what's there, to improve upon what's already existing, to improve upon what God already created. He puts you in that class. He puts you in that job. He's giving you those interviews. He's, he's given you that boyfriend or that girlfriend. He, he has placed you in these places with a purpose in mind. He wants it to be better, and he wants it to point to him. Martin Luther King Jr. says that, that our neighbors don't need our work. Or sorry, that our God doesn't need our work, but our neighbors do. That God doesn't need our work, but our neighbors, they do. And that's something we're going to unpack more in the next couple weeks, but, but it's a truth that I think a lot of times we forget because we live in a very self-focused society. And, and we lose sight of the fact that our lives are not our own that our bodies themselves, right, our most personal belonging is in fact a temple of the Lord. In other words, everything we have, everything we are, we belong to Christ. We belong to God, bought through the blood of Christ. And so the purpose that we have day in, day out is to create, to cultivate, to bring, make this world better and to point people towards the Lord. When Tim Keller talks about this, he says that we share in doing the things that God has done in creation, right? We, we bring order out of chaos. We creatively build a civilization. We care for all that God has made. We have this new, high, better calling. Cultivation is not just for the ag school, right? right? If you're in medicine, you're going to cultivate health out of sickness. If you're a financial investor, you're going to cultivate money out of money. And then we need an accountant to come in and cultivate a way to understand, like, how does that work? And they bust out Excel, and they're like, boom. You're like, yay. And we love to see people make things better. We need marketers to, to walk in and look at a product and be like, yeah, I'm going to cultivate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a better way to present this to people, to, to show them their need for this thing in their life or whatever it is. I mean, we, we see this need to cultivate, to make things better. No matter what your degree, no matter what your vocation, you have the position given to you by God to be a cultivator, to leave the world better than you found it, to participate with the Lord in this work. That's why... Our leadership team here at Grace, we want to, we try to say over and over and over again, we try to bang this drum over and over and over again to say that, that we want to be people, we want to create an environment, we want to create a team, we want to create a staff that, that owns it, that makes it better, and that always invites. In other words, when we say that, we, we want to be people who are owners of every environment and situation and appointment and responsibility that we're ever given. When I show up on a Sunday morning, I, I want to own this entire space. Not just my little piece. I want to own the entire experience. Which means I'm looking. I'm watching. I'm going to take care of things. I see trash on the ground, I'm going to pick it up. Why? Because I'm an owner. Because I own this. I, I'm invested in it. And I want to make it better. Right? We, we always want to be improving what God has given us. In other words, we want to be a staff team who's always cultivating. Who's taking what's good and making it even better. So that we create an environment where we're always inviting people in to experience what we've experienced because we take pride in what we do, because we work with excellence, and it's for the Lord. 
We want them to experience that, and then we want them to participate with us in that work. That's why we have things like Growth Track. That's why next week, next Sunday, at 11 o'clock, right in the gym, right across the sidewalk, we're going to have our final Growth Track of the semester that you, you can come to, and you can learn more about who you are, about our church as a whole, and about how we can fit together, how God has equipped you and prepared you to do His work, to, to cultivate our church body, to make it better. You can make our children's ministry better. You can make our youth ministry better. You can make our college ministry better. You can help us serve people better. You can help us help others find and follow Jesus better than we currently are. Because God has given you his image. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you've been adopted into God's family. And he's calling you to this purpose. To create, to cultivate. Some of us, maybe you're thinking about even vocational ministry. That's why not next week, but in two weeks, two Sundays from now, we're actually going to have an informational, a lunch. If you stick around after 11, we'll have a lunch where we talk about what it could look like for you to jump on staff with us, to, to walk through our fellows program, to see what God can do through seminary training and through ministry experience, maybe in college, maybe in youth, children's, adult, congregational care, whatever. But some of us are, are, are feeling that tug. You should come to this lunch to learn about, I mean, how could God be using me to cultivate his church, his body? We all, in every vocation, have an opportunity to, to live differently, right? To, to live in this way that directs people to the Lord. And, and when we do this, Right, as we commit ourselves to creating and cultivating, what's beautiful is our end product is a brand new culture. See, when Keller talks about it, he says that God could have just spoken the word and he could have created millions of people and thousands of human settlements, but he didn't. Right? He made it our job to develop and build this society. And that's what culture is, right? Culture is essentially, it's not how we look at the world. It's not kind of what we hear about. The world. It's not this ethereal, like, oh, that's what culture says. Like, culture is how we live in the world. It's what we make of the world. That's what culture is. Culture is essentially a lot of creations and cultivations built on top of each other. And, and as you stack those things up, you wind up, you, you end up with a new culture. And when we, as believers, commit ourselves to, to living in this calling, to living in this purpose, we have an opportunity to create a brand new, different, distinct, God-honoring culture. And what would it look like if we took the tools that God has given us to continue to build and develop and, and to make this world better and to point people to Him? What would we do if we took things like, like language and, and tools and technology and, and college, like education? What, what if we took these things in and really built them up for the betterment of our world and also for the glory of our God? Because again, this is what we're doing naturally as a human civilization. Humanity has always just continued to build, 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 build. And that's how, and many times, the things that we build, the things that we create, allow us to create even more. Right? We created like language, and so we have things that fit together, and there's like consonants and vowels and there's like these sounds and uh, you can kind of understand what I say and spell it out and we have dog and monkey like and I mean, you know we have these cool words but what's amazing is that we build on that right we will find new ways to just boom slam words together and suddenly we have new ways to communicate suddenly now apparently we can say things like get this bread right and you have that one roommate who says that and you're like John Stop. Like you just, you, 
But he says it, and it's out there, and you're like, okay, it's done, right? It's, it's been created. But what's beautiful is that this week, I, <laughs> I discovered that apparently we can go further. We can keep building. We said, yeah, get this bread, whatever. What about, I'm going to eat this wheat, <laughs> right? We said, you know what? You know, I'm going to go one step further. How about I gain this grain? And suddenly, I know. It's not always better, right? Like, that's the point. It's not always better. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes what we build, you know, that, that med school leads to medicine, leads to curing disease, great. You know, that, that college leads to uh, education, leads to further education, great. But, but sometimes what we build is not necessarily the best. When, when we get this language, we can build on it with these wonderful, cool ways to talk about bread. I mean, come on. But we could also use it in a different direction for a different purpose. We could also use that language to tear people apart, to just set fire to their self-worth and self-esteem. We can say things. We can lob out those grenades. We can make those jabs that stick with people for decades. That's why Scripture over and over again tells us to be cautious of how we use our tongues, of how we speak. Because there's power there. There's not just power to create good and life. There's power to bring death and destruction. Those tools that we create that build cars and planes, those tools can be used to create weapons that lead to senseless, senseless murder. We've seen this. Those, that, that, that education process that can lead to such great equipping and, and empowerment, man, it can lead to stress and anxiety and depression and isolation. That technology that can lead to beautiful things like the hush me can lead us down dark paths towards an increase of, of pornography and an increase of sex trafficking. And, and suddenly, when we look at the power we have to create, man, it, it should be intimidating to recognize that left to our own devices, we're not going to create something that's necessarily better for our world or glorifying to our God. Which is why it'd be so incredible be so different if all of us who are believers committed ourselves to creating differently, to cultivating differently, to working in a way that directs people to the God who saved us through our attitudes and through our actions, through our affections that are clear in our endeavors. Suddenly we have an opportunity to stand out and to not just create material but to create meaning. You see, when we look at our world, when, when, when people see what, what society has brought about, questions have to arise. No one applauds and is excited by people in poverty or people in abusive situations or people in sex trafficking. Like, no, no one sees uh, some sort of senseless murder of the last couple of weeks and, and is excited about it. Everyone looks at that and they question, why is this happening? What's the solution? Where can I find hope in this? How, how can we find a way out of this? 
How can I move past this, this issue that's in my life? How, how, how can I overcome this addiction that's just wrecking me? How, how do I navigate this relationship that's just taking me in really weird directions? How, how do I go about my life when, when all these pressures and ideas and, and influences are colliding within me? And, and suddenly when we look at what our society has created, when we look at the culture we've created, everyone in this world begins to ask deeper questions. They're not asking, how did this get made? They're asking, why? Why are we here? Why does this happen? And it's in those moments that we can step forward boldly with faith and provide the meaning that they so desperately desire. Provide the story about how our God revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. That he made a way for us to know him, to find peace and joy and satisfaction, find a hope that, that transcends all human knowledge, that, that we can be his sons and daughters, that we're no longer slaves of fear and death. Those are words that we sing from a screen, but, but, but they're words that, that we should be sharing in our classrooms, in our homes, in our workplaces. And we have an opportunity to, to, to move forward into this world and provide that deeper meaning to point people towards Christ to share with them the gospel, that Jesus stepped out of heaven and onto earth, to live the perfect life that we could not live, to die the death that we deserved, and then rose again to offer to us relationship with our creator. The creator who's saddened by the destruction that sin has brought, but who delivers us by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And suddenly we have an opportunity to redirect these tools, to use that language, right? to, to, to use these tools, to, to build things that, that make our world better, that, that our work creates a platform that our words now have deeper meaning because people see our care and our attention. They see that we value the worth of every image bearer of God. If people truly feel cared for by you, man, they're, they're going to care so much more about what you have to say and about where you're coming from. Suddenly we have an opportunity to, to redirect things like technology for, for God's glory. That's why even we, as a ministry, we were working on this all summer. We, we, we started thinking about, I mean, what are ways that we can serve our people better? What are ways that we can meet you better where you are? That's why we do things like surveys. That's why we do stuff like uh, put all these metrics together and track all this stuff. I mean, we, we get deep in the weeds so that we can begin to think about and strategize. I mean, what is a better way that we can serve and equip you? And one of the things that we landed on this summer is we said, you know, we want to be able to equip and encourage our people, you, uh, by allowing, by giving you a little bit more direction in, in how to engage God's word just on a daily basis. And so what's, a beautiful, what's beautiful is that we were able to partner with uh, Uversion. Uversion is the kind of app, the Bible app creative arm uh, of Life Church, Craig Rochelle's church, uh, based up in Oklahoma. And they have opportunities for churches like us to, to basically come in and, and partner with them and, and, and use their platform to create material for our people. To, to provide a little bit more direction. And so what we did uh, is we went through the Uversion app and we created uh, essentially a 12-day Devo that relates to this sermon series. We're going to spend three Sundays on it and there's only so much we can say, you know, in 35 to 40 minutes on, on a Sunday week to week. And so what we decided is we're like, man, what would be great? One of the things that we've been asking y'all through surveys is like, would this be helpful? And, and we feel like we can serve a large number of you through 
creating this app. And so, or sorry, creating this Devo in the app. So if you would, I, I would love for you to just look at it right now. So you should pull out your phone. If you don't already, have it out. Close the text with mom and go to, we're like, I am at church, I promise. Uh, and send, look up your, this is probably the Bible app you have. It's like the 99% of people that have a Bible app on their phone. This is the one they got, this is that brown Bible. If you open it up, uh, you can go to, uh, let me pull it up so that I can look at it. Uh, you go to uh, the like bottom of it, the bottom middle button is plans, right? It's a little tab on the bottom. Uh, and then you can go to find plans. And if you just search Grace College, you can find it other ways, but just keep it simple. You search Grace College. And when you search Grace College, uh, it'll pop up. I think it's like number two or something like that. And essentially what it is, it's an opportunity. It's, we designed it to be like, hey, this is going to be three weeks long. Four days a week that you can spend where, where it's not necessarily, it's not built on the sermon. It's not like you need to hear the sermon. You don't have to be here on Sunday to make sense of the study. Um, but it's overlaps. It's dealing with the same themes and topics, some of the same passages. And what it is, it's an opportunity to use technology to literally remind you. You can start the Devo, and you can get a buzz every day that's like, hey, you should, don't forget your reading. And it's short, it's quick. It's an opportunity to simply immerse yourself deeper in what God has for you when it comes to your work and your relationships and your outreach to the world. An opportunity to become more introspective and ask yourself more involved questions about how am I seeing this play out? What, what methods could I put into place? What structures could I build into my life to really take part in this calling that God has given me? I mean, that's our desire. Is that all of us would see this need to create, this, this ability to cultivate. And I don't know what the next step is for you. Maybe it's starting down this devotional path. That's great for some of you. So for other, lots of you, probably not. That's great. For some of us, it's, it's walking into our class with a new perspective. It's walking into our home with a new perspective. It's maybe going to work with a new goal in mind. Not to just yeet the wheat. But to instead glorify the Lord. To work with excellence. To make the world better. And to direct people towards Christ. So let's just ask the Lord right now. As we enter into worship, let's, let's ask him to really show us what that next step might be. God, we thank you that you have given us this chance, Lord, to hear from you, God, to, to learn from you, Lord, to, to recognize that ultimately our lives are not our own, that we belong to you alone. And God, you have a, a path for us to walk. And Lord, I just ask that we would step forward into that boldly, in, in faith, trusting you. Lord, for some of us, God, that next step on the path, it's not to make a plan or sign up for a Devo. God, our next step is simply to, for the first time, actually trust you with our lives. Got to trust that what you've said about Jesus Christ, about him being God, about him becoming man, about him creating a, a wave to, to know you, to have eternal life, to have forgiveness over every fault and, and guilt and shame, to be covered by his sacrifice. God, some of us, that's our next step. And for those of us that are in that space, God, I, I just ask that you would convict them now through your spirit. Bring them into your family this morning. God, to spark a conversation between them and a friend to talk about what you've just now called them to. But for others of us, our, our next step is maybe a little further down that road of following Christ. 
of, of really being a, a disciple who makes disciples. So if you would ask yourself, or sorry, ask the Lord to reveal within yourself, what is your next step? Where has God created opportunity for you to, to move forward in that call of being a creator, to work with excellence, to, to, to be encouraging, to leave the world better than you found it? Ask the Lord to just simply bring that opportunity to your mind for him to empower you to move forward boldly, to be a person who, who lives so differently that other people can't help but notice the God that we serve. Ask him to show that to you right now.